welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Jenny Bookler. And I'm Chris Heine. And we're sitting here on a lovely gray day. Peeps is whistling in the background. Your the, favorite. But yeah. The, the wind is not existent. And there's no one in the gallery except for us. And Jenny's germs. <laughs> because True. she's got... Uh, I apologize for all the sniffles. <laughs> so we are... We're sitting in a sea of, of sickness together, unified, holding hands, except for not, because then we'd catch it. However, beyond all of the sickness that's happening, we have um, a very nice podcast for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about surprising yourself and feeling confident and doing incredible things. But before we talk about all that stuff, we have a bunch of things coming up at Light Gray Art Lab that you should probably know about. I'll start it off by just kind of saying we have a call for art that's still up. We do. We have just a couple more weeks, uh, about a week and a half if you guys want to apply. Um, so this show is coming in December. And we're looking for people who want to celebrate their collections. So the show is all about collections of things, groups of things, being your own curator of objects. Um, so we're looking for artists who want to illustrate these and also put them in a limited edition postcard set. Yep. And so if you're a photographer, if you're somebody who um, wants to do sculpture, it doesn't matter what it is that your medium is, as long as it can translate into a postcard, because um, much like what we did a couple years ago, maybe a year ago or so, we're doing a big swap with all of the artists involved. So if you are excited about the collections that you have and you want to participate, all you have to do is go over to likegrayartlab.com slash blog and sign up to uh, put your info on the Bowerbird post. And so if you click on calls for art um, up at the top of the web page, you'll be able to see it instantly. And so all you do is you put your email, your links to your blog or your website, and... Um, then we'll be jurying right after the 27th and getting it back to everybody pretty quickly after that mm -hmm. um, for an awesome show. So everybody involved gets a copy of everybody else's postcards. So what we'll do is we'll be mailing everybody a big stack of awesome collections. So a collection of collections, if you like that. So that'll be really fun. So if you have any questions about that, you're always welcome to send us a note. Otherwise, um, head over to the blog and check it out. So... Also, if you're over there on the blog, you're going to notice that we've been posting some really awesome previews of the upcoming Cosmos exhibition. So here on October 30th, we have the big reveal of not only this awesome fiber optic installation of the night sky, but all of the amazing reinterpretations of the constellations, the astral bodies, the planets, um, some you know theoretical things, everything doing with space, and um, we are also revealing the new project. Maybe you can talk about that, Jenny. Sure. So the project in its entirety has 100 artists from around the globe that have contributed one image that's part of the Cosmos, Oracle, and Tarot deck. Um, so the Tarot deck itself, it has 78 cards, a traditional deck, uh, plus 22 Oracle cards that are uh, astral bodies, planetary uh, influences, things that you can read to sort of understand and have deeper insight in your daily life. Um, so we'll have these cards in a box 
box set that includes a 150-page guidebook uh, with gilded edges and really beautiful gold foil constellations over each of the cards. Yeah, it's really beautiful. It's exciting. If you want to see the preview images for that, too, that's also on our website. I think it might be right on the front page. So you can click through there, see all the artists involved, and I encourage you to click around in there because it's really fantastic stuff that these guys are doing. So, um, again, we've got the previews on the blog. Every now and again, we are posting little tiny snippets so you can get an idea of the content of the show. And of course, if you just want to learn about what those constellations were inspired by or what the myth was or what the meanings would be if you were to kind of use it as a meditative practice or something, um, all that stuff again um, is being previewed on the blog, but we'll be here October 30th from 7 to 10 p.m. Um, mm-hmm. for the big opening. So. Yeah. And if you wanted to reserve a deck early, we also have them the pre-sale right now on the shop, which is shop.lightgrayartlab.com. Yep. So I know Chris has been really good about putting a million game nights up there on the events page. Yep. You can go to the events calendar and see the next three upcoming. Good job. I thought you were going to say 30. No, I, was like, I, haven't, I haven't got that far <laughs> off, but I have <laughs> put them up. I've them forever. Um, we did have one this week and a lot of people came, and which was nice. I kind of put it up at the last minute due to someone else's illness. Yeah, but your illness. Yeah, it's going around, I guess. No, I don't want it. You guys. Well, Jenny and I were sick in completely just, different ways, so yeah, you yeah. could get a, a hybrid, a hybrid of the two, maybe. No, just pass it back and forth between you guys, and no. I'll just stay over here in my bubble. Uh, yeah, but next week. So even though we just had one, we're doing it next week, September twenty fourth, and the theme is Secret Agent. Ooh, so, so we're gonna play some Skyfall. Or wait, Spyfall. <laughs> Spyfall. <laughs> Spyfall. It's the resistance. Resistance, yes. Um, and then after that, just to let you know, on October 8th, we're doing Mystical. Ooh. Oh, yeah. As we get games. closer. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll go. <laughs> mystical games. And then at, on October 22nd, we're doing Cosmos games. Oh, all the so things like I like. Will not be, yeah, stuff like that. Like, yeah. I'll be in the other room just um, being not mystical by myself. Not the Cosmos deck. So it'll be tons of fun. And I'll put more on coming. I know the next one is going to be Escape. But I don't have a date for it. But I, I think if you added two weeks, that's probably going to be the probably date. That's probably a fine yeah. formula. That yeah. sounds good. Because we are thinking uh, about all the mystical things and the cosmic things, um, keep an eye out. I believe this coming October 1st, we are going to have a uh, tarot reading workshop. So if you've ever wanted to learn... Um, every now and again, maybe every six months, eight months or so, we'll have a uh, get together where you can come bring your own deck, learn how to read them. And so Jenny and I will be leading the discussion on that. And so you'll get to practice with other people. And that'll be great because if you end up getting a new deck, uh, say, for example, the Cosmos deck, you'll know exactly what to do with it. And you can mm-hmm. read it for all your friends and and maybe your enemies too. Yes, and this should be the first of several like cosmic-inspired events that will be coming in uh, the months of October and November, so keep an eye out. I'm super excited about it. So, um, yes. We also, this next week, will be announcing all the artists that are joining us next year for the 2016 Iceland Residency. So we are very excited to welcome all those artists. So keep an eye out September 30th. You'll be able to see the great teams that are joining us. That's awesome. And so let's talk about this for a second. Um, Think to when you woke up this morning. Maybe you were not coherent. So maybe right now. Think about right now. (laughs) And think about how you were feeling about the status of life. Okay, are you thinking about it? 
How's, okay. how's life going for you? Good? Okay. That's a rhetorical question. Don't answer that. So when you're thinking about it and you're thinking about like, what am I doing today or what do I have to do or what do I have to do tomorrow or what have I done in the last week? Um, I would like to know, and again, this might be rhetorical, but I'll just ask it anyway. Have you surprised yourself if you think about yourself this morning where you're like, hmm, the things that I'm doing are kind of interesting. That's surprising. <laughs> or if you're like, I'm surprised that the things that I'm doing are awesome. Or I'm just surprised at the one awesome thing I just did. And I feel really good about it. Like a lot of us go through our day-to-days and we have lots of stuff that we're doing and we feel fine about it. And you just start plugging along and doing your thing, you know. But every now and again, I'll wake up and I'll think to myself, wow, that was really clever. How did I even think about that? And how is this even happening, you know? And then there, of course, are other days where I'm like, I'm dumb and everything sucks. (laughs) But... The times when I'm really excited about something come in the in the weirdest moments where I'm having almost like an epiphany or reflective, you know, kind of situation. So I was going to ask you guys, when you're just like thinking the day, like day to day, do you ever stop and pat yourself on the back for the stuff that you've done? Uh, it's pretty rare. I think. Is it? Yeah. You mean like, like, I don't know, stuff you're doing is cool? Like- I, I think, well, I think the only time I ever might pat myself on the back is if like I haven't seen a family member in forever which is always (laughs) and then when I get together with them then I just like list things and then in that form that I'm like oh yeah I guess I have been doing things but you mean like when you're you're trying to just like condense when I'm just people are like what have you been working on or what have you been doing or whatever and then I'll just say well we've did this and then I'll be like oh we did this and you know this and this and then eventually I'm just like, oh, I guess there's a lot. And then I'll just quit because I'll be like, now this is boring. So I'll just quit. <laughs> um, but is there a moment where you're like, oh, that this actually sounds pretty good. I can't believe I did these things. Yeah. In hindsight, I think like that. Really? You're, are you at that moment incredulous? Like, No, I am not incredulous. Are you like, oh, 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 I'm, like this, I'm like, this sounds more impressive than it is. So, oh, okay. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I think I only am super proud of myself in retrospect where I'm like, really, you're oh, never yeah. like in the midst of a project. and You're like, this is great. Hardly ever. I feel like really? a lot of the time in the midst of the project, it is you're like in the weeds or whatever. And then afterwards you look back and you're like, oh, that was so nice. Or I'm so proud of myself, but it doesn't come till later. Why do you think it happens like that? Mm. Why do you think people and. Actually, maybe I'll give you a couple scenarios here. Why do you think people don't really recognize the beauty of what they're doing while they're in it? Because I think, uh, especially a lot of the time, like if you think of a project or say you're doing a book, like the idea of doing a book seems really beautiful and nice and eloquent and like, oh, writing a book. Like that seems like um, a process where you would imagine yourself like in a coffee shop typing away, doing something like really creative and innovative. But the reality of it is so much different than that, you know, like in the middle of the night, typing around on your computer. I'm laughing because that's exactly what happened. This. You're like, how did I? Yeah, yeah, no. So the reality of it is much less glamorous and also most of the time like stressful and all the other things that come with that. So when you look at, when you look back, are you thinking more like when you package it in a statement and you're telling your family at home and you said, I wrote a book and then in their brains, you imagine they're thinking, 
oh, you were at a coffee house and <laughs> sipping a latte and you were having a good time and you didn't have to stay up all night. Maybe. Yeah. Or even you forget some of the minutia when you're looking back and you're like, oh, yeah. Or you see all the hurdles that you did jump over to get to where you did, you know, so you're more proud of yourself for like the endurance and yeah. the stamina and, and whatever and else. And during it, you're looking at what you accomplished or what the hurdles you jumped over. But during the middle of it, you're looking at the hurdles from the other side and you're like, you're like how am I going to get over this next thing? And I think maybe creation of projects or whatever um, is kind of more fueled by people afraid to do poorly so they try harder um i and i don't know this for sure but i think like is that how you feel when you're doing something are you just like the like for example have you already set your forward motion and now you can't stop and you can't fail is that when or for example or do you initiate a project because you don't want to fail I think, well, you, know you initiate the project because you want to do it, but then you feel bad about it the whole time because you know how cool it could be and you want it to be that cool and you're working to that end. Um, and I think that probably is what divides, like, you know, really amazing artists. I think about that wine and paint thing. Where wine you, and paint? Yeah. I think that's just a social fun yeah, thing. Yeah, but I, I know but I see people who go to these things and you just like, there's like a kind of pre-described painting that you make. Mm-hmm. And Everybody you, makes the And everyone same makes flower. the same flower. Yeah. They're like, But then I see corner. them and they Boop. are very... They're sad. No, well, you're they're like also sad versions of the original one. But then, painting. but I know somebody who does that, and then they post it, and they're super proud of it, and they're like, "Here's my painting," and whatever, and they're more proud of that painting than I am of anything I ever made. Oh, yeah. well, I do think that that. <laughs> well, I think the the process of that is probably more. Yeah, fun the process too, of that is like, pure fun. Yeah, well, because yeah, you went there no to have pressure, fun. no stress. Somebody tells you what to do, and you're drinking wine, and then and you paint. get a big muddy garbage. <laughs> you're out like, of it. It, yeah, you're enjoying the like physical process with of all your friends, and they're all yeah. doing. And you're all laughing about yeah. whatever's happening, and so, I mean, I could see right. that being fun. Yeah. Um, but shoot, what was the thing you were just saying before that that I was? Well, I, I was saying that the fun process results in a thing and well, then oh, the unfun process results in, in a good more thing. amazing Here's things. what I think. Maybe it has something, and you should tell me if you think I'm wrong, maybe it has something to do with not having it be the thing you do. Because if you go and you do wine and paint and you're not a professional artist, then I would be I would be proud of any painting I finish then. Or for example, if I'm not like a um I don't know, videographer or something and I made a video, I'd probably <laughs> be like I'm very proud of myself. Look, I made a thing and I don't expect it to be like... Do you think... Okay, so... And sorry to like jump in. I was thinking of that thing that people say about like why they're not proud of the things they do is for like their taste is better than their skill set or something. And so you're always chasing your taste and you continue to have better and better taste the more involved in something you are. Do I think that's real? Uh, Maybe. I mean, I remember it being a conversation with students like something that you're continually growing in the field and so you understand what's better and so you're continually chasing I do think that's real I mean I think that's real in the sense that I was telling Chris this in the car in my sleep deprived stupor as we were coming up here and we're like what are we going to talk about for the podcast and I was saying like I don't remember how I got on this but it's related but I was saying that when I was Um, at my first job, I was like right out of school and I, not your first job, but your first 
My first like full-time job. Your first career. My, my first art job. I was, I was there and I, for the first like couple of years, I was absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. And then there got to a point where I thought I knew like everything. Like I thought I was a super genius <laughs> and I thought that I had so much perspective and I'd been there long enough and that I was kind of, kind of confused about why nobody would let me do the things I thought I was capable of. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I was more than capable of, you know, doing whatever some of the other people were doing. And maybe that's arrogance and maybe that's something or just overconfidence or maybe it is just because I didn't know any better. But that's what I was going to say is that I feel like there's, when you get a glimpse of something and you think you have it figured out, I think it's very easy to have a lot of confidence in trying something outrageous because you have no idea what or maybe the smallest idea of the things that could go wrong. So therefore you're not as afraid as you might be if you're really knowledgeable about something. It's funny because I find myself thinking about this. Um, around the same time that I had my first like full-time job, we were, and we kind of talked about this in the last podcast a little bit, we had a collective art studio. It's like the first first one that we ever did. It was just a couple of friends. Um, and I published our first book first collaborative book in I think like 2004 or something. And I contacted all these people through the internet and put together a thing. So proud of myself, figured out the pricing, figured out how to get it printed, you know? Um, and when I was doing that, I was like, well, as long as it's a book at the end of it, I'm pretty proud of myself. But these days I think about What happens if shipping doesn't come in time? What happens if I get scammed by the person that I'm sending a bunch of money to? What happens if we find a bunch of typos or something? Like every little detail these days is a lot more scary than it was when I made my very first collaborative Mm -hmm. book. Because I was like, as long as it's a book, I'm pretty proud of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's maybe, is that what you're kind of saying about like having the the pers- like the different perspective of trying yeah well I suppose if it's your first time ever doing something and lots of people will proclaim that they'll be like this is my first try so look how good it is but then like the further you investigate or the more you become a part of that thing or that I don't know group of things like if you're a painter and you become a painter who's aware of all other painters that's happening and what's going on you are more critical because you realize like the good ones versus the bad ones versus the potential of what you could do, you know? I think there's something kind of nice about having like a, like an innocence when it comes mm-hmm. to creating. I, there are sometimes when I really miss that ability just to start something without being terrified. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know whether or not it's just because I felt like my, like I was saying, like my awareness of what else I'm competing against. And that's a stupid thing to say because it's not really that I'm really competing against anybody ever nobody really is like nobody cares you know like but at the same time I think it's it was kind of nice just assuming that I was in my own little like bubble and I didn't have to see the I didn't have to be as uh nervous that it wouldn't compare like you were Mm -hmm. saying to somebody who's got a polished perfect something so I wonder too because in 2004 um what it, when did Facebook happen? 
Um, it, I think it wasn't available to the public. I think it was if you were in school and had a .edu, you could use it. Yeah. Okay. I it like but I remember when we made that book and we were specifically like looking for artist contact information on, on like MySpace. On MySpace is where. <laughs> you know, or like people that we met at conventions and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it, it's funny because I think at that point you weren't seeing the nuances of everybody's projects every single day. You weren't comparing your progress and your timing to everybody else's. I mean, it's funny. SPX is happening in like one or just happened, I guess. I think it's but, happening right this second. Yeah. So by the time the podcast, oh, yeah. people would have just been yeah. there, but the lead up to that, you can see everybody's like every process, every, you know, every single thing. And no matter how much prep you've done, I'm sure some some people probably feel like, oh my god, if this is what else is going to be there, you know, it's it's hard to not think about your own successes mm-hmm. as their own like, you know, their own structure is not attached to everybody else's stuff, and that's I feel like that's kind of how you should be able to feel is like I made this thing, I feel successful about my own thing, but it is again really interesting to see how you guys were talking about feeling good about the stuff that you're making or feeling like you're doing something clever. Um, Not until retrospect. Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't really happen till later. And I find that that's like the majority of the time when I'm most proud of myself is when I'm looking backwards and I'm like, Oh, look at all the things that have come this way. I feel like more than pride uh, or like, I don't know, feeling accomplished. I feel like serendipitous I'll be like oh look at the timing of this thing or look at how we're all in the right place doing the right thing and it feels like it's appropriate you know for whatever's happening and so I think about timing more than I do like I did a good job really yeah (laughs) for whatever that's (laughs) worth I I guess I was gonna say something similar where I might in during the process I'll be like I just got a lot done and regardless of quality at least I got a lot (laughs) at least I got a lot (laughs) done um there's like some small milestones i just did a project where we did all these logo type things i guess shirt designs yeah and while i was working on it, it we just had to kick out a lot of them and then when i look back i was like oh these are you know some of these are actually really cool so that was like a small milestone where i guess that is pride where i was like these are pretty cool and then i had a moment where i was like yeah but the client might not think they're cool how come you guys are so humble i feel like that's one thing that i'm always shocked by i feel like <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> there are some days, okay, well, I'll tell you this. And I was just telling Jenny when we went and got a coffee this morning, um, maybe, maybe you guys are just more even keeled and like methodical about this because I swing through the, and I kind of said in the beginning of this, I swing through days when I feel like I'm a super genius and that I figured everything out. And then days when I feel like I am so wrong and so confused you know, well, and, and it goes like, yeah, like yeah, an incredible, I think I, like, I think I go through those too. And maybe this is a interesting week to have this conversation because right now I feel like I'm the bottom of the earth. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sick and I feel horrible and I feel confused and I'm just like, ah, how is this possible? But I think when you are feeling good, then it's easier to see like how everything, everything is working in tandem, you know? Yeah. Um, Because I don't think it's just one, like you don't just wake up one day and do something great. Like it's been a long long line of things that have been working up to that, you know? It is true. I mean, I, I and it's funny, it's not really, it's not really like I can anticipate the moments where I'm going to have my like super highs, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, sometimes it is reflective. Sometimes 
and a lot of times it is when I finally get a chance to think about what just happened, like, like right afterwards, um, or time to digest or maybe just time to relax for like one second. Um, I was looking at the, uh, like I was looking at the spreadsheet we have the other day. Actually, it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were going through all of the applications for the Iceland residency. And I was just so proud of all of the people that are applying because you look at this like snapshot of who they are and what they've managed to do in their time on the earth. And you can kind of like think about them individually then you also think about them as a team and what they could do together. And then you also think about the concept of people having an outlet to do mm-hmm. that. And then you're also like, like for whatever reason, there was almost this like, like mushrooming explosion of things that I was just proud of. I was like, I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of you guys getting to know each other, but you don't know each other yet. I'm proud of this and I'm proud of that. And it's funny that um, I have no idea where that came from because I... Also, one of my cats spilled a bunch of tea on my computer. I'm dealing with a bunch of weird shipping issues with some projects and a bunch of other random stuff at the moment, and it's just right in the midst of a bunch (laughs) of horrible garbage. But um, maybe it was just a moment of clarity, and I was like, oh, this is really interesting, you know? But those come and go. Um, But I do think probably somewhere subconsciously, regardless of whether or not you feel it in the moment or if you feel it in retrospect, probably does help fuel a little bit of your confidence to go forward in some sort of motion. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to ask you about that. Do you ever go back and when you're thinking about a new project or a big leap of faith or something like that, do you ever just sit there and then remind yourself that you are capable because of whatever you've managed to do in the past? I mean, do you ever, do you think about it like that? Are you like, I could do this because if I really had to talk about what I'm good at, I've done this or this or this, or I've got some experience here or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I always think that the first time you do something, especially if it's like a serious thing, the first time you do it is like the biggest learning curve. And then the curve like slowly get smaller each time you know it's a little bit easier but like how what we always do is tack on like a bigger thing on top of that so it's (laughs) like piling on little bits weird mountain that keeps growing in front of us (laughs) but I think that's always nice because every time you're doing something like that like the big thing suddenly becomes something much more small and like manageable you know you can see the horizon a little bit. yeah and you understand what it takes too. like the first time you do something and you're like oh man, writing a book or whatever is really hard. And then the next time you're like, well, now I know what to expect and I can time management, time manage this and like split it up into these pieces. And I know I have to think about like registering for the Library of Congress and whatever, like, you know, that's part of the process. So it's not a challenge when it gets there. It's just sort of so like, you don't feel like you don't know anything. Yeah. You, you just feel like you're you like, oh yeah, idea. that thing I have to do that just goes along with what this is, you know? Do you feel like when you're doing a personal project, um, do you, do you use that, like anything you lived through, like any experience that you've managed to do in the past, do you use that as a way to pump yourself up for actually going through with something new? Mm, Like, do you ever, are you, do you ever look at an opportunity and you're like, 
I don't know. And then you like think about whether or not you could actually do it. Like, would you be ready for a new experience like whatever? Like, for example, if you saw a, this is a bad example because you guys could probably, you probably, I'm just going to say this is an example. However, both of you at your careers could probably apply for this without even thinking about it. But say, let's say, let's say five, six, seven years ago, if you saw an art director position at um, an incredible place that you've always loved, you love the stuff they do and you saw it pop up and it seemed like a big deal and kind of far away, kind of out of your grasp, but I don't know. Would you, if this was five, six, seven years ago, would you even apply if it was something that you're interested in? Would you go through like the thought of trying to figure out why you're qualified? Would you sit there and try and make yourself like feel confident enough to do it? Would you believe that you could do it? Like what? I probably wouldn't believe that I necessarily had a chance, but I would apply. Would you apply? Just to see. I don't know. Five or six, seven years ago, maybe not, but. That's but what I'm wondering. Like, I, think about I, that. I, I have, was... you know, I have put my name in the hat for things that I was out of the league. I was like out of my league. And how did you feel about that? And when you were doing it, were you like, well, if they asked me about my experience, I could say these things. I would just be honest and just, I mean, well, yeah, that's if what they I mean. wanted me, they wanted me. And if they didn't, they didn't. And there was no harm in, in But there was my no, you didn't have any kind of like, I got to figure out how to prove that I'm the one or like, or like I got to prove to myself that I could actually do this before I do it. You know how some people won't even apply. First of there all, would, there would be things I might not apply. If for instance, the, if it was like an art director job listing and they said, you need to be able to, I mean, I mean that's a bad example because they probably don't need to use complicated software or something. But if they were like, you need to be an expert in AutoCAD or something, then I would be like, well, I don't, I don't think I should apply for this job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If it was like some technical limitation like that. But even in that case, I know those are often. Or like a year amount. They're, they're like, we would like you to have. Oh, I don't this. care about year amounts. Nobody cares about year amounts. Okay. Some people. I don't know. I mean, not the employers. I think but I mean, some people. scare away babies or whatever. But Oh. <laughs> you think I that's what that is? But what would you do? If I mean, was... I think I would apply. I apply. I think I apply for stuff all the time that I'm not qualified for, but (laughs) I remember, I mean, even when I applied here, I had gotten an offer for a different job the same day. So it was like two jobs, either managing light gray or working at an institute. And so I was like, these are both great. Totally. They're both good. They're both different. That one would probably be easier and I was like, I could do this one, but it's kind of intimidating not know not knowing like what it's going to involve. This one? Yeah, this one where I was like, what is, they're the same. It's like the same kind of work, the same like hours, the same everything, just like a totally different task that you would be doing. And so like that decision felt very similar to this where I was like, I'm qualified, but am I qualified? Like it's one of, it's. Because you can see you're not exactly sure. what it was. Yeah. You don't have your list of like exact things for the rest of forever that are just paved in front of you that you're like, oh yeah, that. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, since I've been sick this week, I started listening to this audiobook, which I think is really uh, relevant, but I was listening to 
Amy Poehler's Yes, Please book. And she, uh, so of course she does acting and um, comedy and everything else. But the title Yes, Please comes from like impromptu um, and like improv phrases of being like, yes, and going with whatever somebody throws at you. But the entire forward of the book was fascinating because she talked about the writing process and how it was extremely hard and weird and it felt so foreign even though she writes comedy all day long like she expected or knew that her book needed to be funny and needed to like meet all these things and all the expectations everyone had for a book that was written by her yeah and so while she was writing she would be like in bed in the middle of the night with like her kids sleeping beside her and like her animals on top of her and like all the stresses that come along with writing and she said this thing which I thought was really funny uh, but she wrote great people do things before they're ready they do things before they even know they can do it um, and I thought that's totally parallel to what we were talking about like you you do it and then you realize how good you were when you did it it's like a more pleasant way of saying fake it till you make it yeah. Just do it and then see what happens. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Don't, or like, don't freak out too much. Or if much. you're thinking of like all the good ideas don't come from people who are geniuses. They just come from people doing stuff. I like that. Yeah. So I completely believe that that is true, that there are some like incredible, amazing things that happen. I mean, I, I'm going to make a um, similarity. Is that what I'm making? I'm going to make a comparison. Compare. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to make a metaphor. <laughs> I'm going to make a thing. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, we were talking about this, um, I realized that everybody who worked on both of these things are, are geniuses and they are really good at what they're doing, but I guess I am comparing here. I'm just going to tell you my analogy and then I'll give you all my, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. So we were talking the other day about how great it would be if, if somebody remade tank girl, but did it like Mad Mad Max. Max and do you remember tank girl jenny Jenny's i do i cool. also still not seen mad max so that's okay no. that's okay have you seen the tank girl movie no okay back in the no. 90s they made a tank girl movie and if you haven't seen it you should probably go watch it just for fun because it's <laughs> it's really weird it's definitely a super 90s movie but um the storyline wasn't great i think the reason why a person would like it is they it was just fun it was fun and had animation in it it was super you know, good casting. I think it was Did it fun. Have much animation. You keep it saying had some. that animation, and I yeah, they remember were... it being pretty lacking for animation. I mean, it didn't have a lot of animation. It had little like little bits in there like where little it... interstitial things. Or yeah, something. to yeah to do stuff that you couldn't do with bad bad CG or something. Or they bad didn't even have CG. They oh yeah, had, okay. They had Ice T dressed up as a kangaroo. So this man. was like a live action movie. <laughs> it yeah. is live action. Okay. Yeah. It was, and there was just like a random bit it of. It starred Lori Petty, I believe, and Ice T and Malcolm McDowell. From <laughs> I, I I love Tank Girl, and I really, really love Tank Girl. I think my quote for my senior yearbook was a Tank Girl quote. That's how much I love that. And so I looked at that movie with like amazing glowing eyeballs or whatever (laughs) (laughs) my soul was exploding (laughs) and I was like this is great because I was just so happy that there was actually like you know a movie (sighs) anyway it's funny because um we were we were thinking about this and I was like I'm just glad somebody made that you know and I'm glad somebody made Mad Max and I'm glad it broke the molds and I'm glad it was different and I don't know what crazy catalysts had to be put together to make 
And I'm not saying they're they're on the same caliber of movie. I'm just saying they're both fun. But Tank, they're both Tank Girl. Yeah. But I'm just saying they're both fun movies and <laughs> I they knew we are should rent Tank Girl and watch it. Yeah, again. you should probably watch it. We should. But you know, or like or like the all the other movies that I mentioned that are all super weird, like Dark Crystal or like just saw, Return to Oz. What did we just watch? Um, what did I see? Uh, Big Trouble in Little China for the first time. Yeah, that's a good one too. They're remaking that this year. Hope they do a good job. So it stars The Rock. Oh boy. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like I guess when you're when you're just surprised by something that looks like it's got a fresh perspective, that's what I was trying to say with this. You know. I don't know who made it or if it was a bunch of people who used to do, which it probably was because that's how the industry probably works, is a bunch of people that have experience with a million other movies. But somehow, when they came together to make Mad Max, they made a good one. Well, here is a maybe more fitting... Well, Mad Max. I mean, Mad Max was made by industry, seasoned industry veterans or whatever. That's what I mean. Seasoned industry veterans. However, however whatever it took to make it what it is i mean it was a surprise i was totally surprised that it didn't follow the exact same formula as every other movie that's ever made ever so anyway that's my movie review did you like it yeah so <laughs> but, but going back to jenny like people who are are kind of doing things or fake it till them you make it peewee's playhouse was made by a bunch of people who had no experience in television or even children's programming or anything like that they just pulled like artists and comedians and all these people together and they made like the best children's show of all time and they faked it until they made it and then they made like the best they made it and then it was Mm -hmm. amazing and then okay so i guess the counterpoint to this is i think we all know also that like we're talking about mad max or something like that geniuses do make good stuff too And you probably would, if you had a choice and a ton of money, you probably would not hire a novice. You'd probably look for somebody with credible statistics to -hmm. do your project, don't you think? Even though Mm -hmm. I do believe that everybody that has never done something before should do all the things they've never done before. But I do think that, that sometimes you assume that the people you need to do the right job are the people that do it all day, you know? Yeah, well, I was just wondering that. Like, would you assemble, like, the dream team to do something? Or would you assemble, like, a bunch of people that you thought would do something different? Well, here's how I feel about that. And since we're talking about movies, I really do feel like there is probably somebody at the top that has a vision that is either interesting or not. And then since it's everything, almost everything is a collaborative effort, I feel like as long as the vision of what it's supposed to be is a really good vision... I think having a bunch of experts is the best thing, you know. Um, I'm sure having a bunch of people that are doing something new is also the best thing, as long as somebody's got the vision of what it's supposed to be doing. Like, if somebody has a crappy, like, like end product concept, like, no matter how many great people are stuck on there, how many people that are new are stuck on there, it doesn't matter because whatever's going to happen is going to be something weird, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So I do think that there's probably room for both. However, I think the point of our conversation was to say, like, it's good to be proud of the the stuff that you are trying for the first time because you gain perspective, but also because you're doing something different. Like that's pretty darn good to be proud of whether it's in the moment or after the fact, you know, but, um, but I do think what that 
you know, what Amy Poehler was saying is really true. Mm-hmm. Like, you're never prepared, ever. You never know exactly every single step of the way for any project, ever. It just doesn't happen that way. And if it did, it would be boring. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Yeah. And you wouldn't learn much because <laughs> you'd be like, great, I'm just sitting and doing the same thing that I did before. But I think having that kind of genius moment where you're like, I'm surprised that I just pulled this off or I'm surprised that I could even do this in the first place or how did this even happen? Like, those are the things that I think are really exciting, you know, and kind of like the tiny rewards for all of your efforts to try something new. That's how I feel about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So... We have, um, again, all that fun stuff coming at the gallery. Uh, you should definitely check it out. Chris has a bunch of places you can find us also. Where can they find us, Chris? Well, if you'd like to email us directly, you can email us at podcast at lightgrayartlab.com. You can find us on Twitter. We're at lightgrayartlab, and we always reply, um, I think. What? <laughs> we always Twitter? reply, yeah. Yeah, that's my job. Yeah. I do reply. I uh, reply to Yeah, everybody. you can find us on Facebook. Like us there, and you'll find out about upcoming events and activities. Uh, you can find us on Tumblr, likegrayartgallery.tumblr.com, and make sure to follow us there if you want to see behind-the-scenes process that we retumble from artists and things like that, as well as finished works. You can also find us on the blog, likegrayartlab.com slash blog and is the new address. Yeah, if you didn't catch that last time, that is uh, update all your your feeds and your things and your... For all of you out there using RSS two, feeds still. the two people that still use the RSS do, so S feed. SS. RSS. RSS feed. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then also you can uh, subscribe to this show on the iTunes Music Store, stream it directly on Stitcher Radio, and that's it. Awesome. So thanks again, you guys, uh, and we'll talk with you soon. Bye.